Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roseanne Barr podcast. I'm very excited today. I have a lovely guest, uh, and she's a genius, and she is a warrior par excellence, uh, and she's gorgeous, and she is a birthing person. <laughs> um, welcome, please, Candace Owens. Thank you for having me. I hope I can live up to the hype of that intro, but I definitely I, I appreciate the birthing person part. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like that? I like it. I like that we've erased women. I like that women are gone. Isn't that and, great? Yeah, I'm so glad that we've achieved that in the era of hyperfeminism. Oh, you see, my patience is growing thin. Isn't it great? I've birthed five ungrateful little bastards, as I always say. <laughs> Are you five? Five yeah, kids? Yeah, I have five, and you're on your third. Third. This is the third one coming in November. Yeah, back to back. Did you do it back to back? I do. I think uh, my... Uh, Middle three kids are going to be, I mean, yours are going to be the same spacing as my middle three kids. Yeah, I think it's the only way to do it. You know, I, people that have one child and wait five years and have the second and then wait three years and have the third. I just think I, I'd like to just be in the permanently pregnant phase and then yeah. be permanently done with pregnancy. Yeah, and diapers. I know yeah. me and my husband, we changed diapers every day for five years and then it was over. It was over. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it feels like a blank. Yeah. You don't want to restart, Mm-mm. you know? So. No, you don't want to go through that. I think you should stop it. Well, I should have, I sh- don't want to say that, but. No, say it. You should definitely say it because your kids are listening. You well. Were, you should stop at three. What were you going to say? I was, but then I thought, well, no, but then I got sterilized after my fourth kid because I didn't want any more. And then I went to heroic measures to get my fifth, which is 17 years younger than my other younger boy. But I went to heroic measures like getting that IVF and doing all that stuff. I went through it. I got I got eight eggs implanted, and six of them took. And that's when I was famous back on my show in 19. uh, 80, when was he born? 85? He, he was born in 95. Oh, Close. Whenever. You were close. That's, close that's enough. Good. I don't Ten remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think it's getting going a little too far now? It's interesting because science has obviously had all of these amazing breakthroughs. But I was talking about this on my show where it's getting a bit sci-fi, yeah. you know, where you're starting to hear people that are turning to IVF, not because of necessity, not because they can't give birth. But for vanity reasons, and you know, I just don't want to be pregnant. I don't. You, know. you mean the rent a womb thing? Well, yeah. That the also, rich I think people? yeah. Naomi Campbell. She just had a kid. They're uh, having kids at sixty, at fifty-five, and I'm just going. Okay, there might have been a biological reason for why women aren't supposed to have kids at fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Your energy's different. Your body's going through different things. You're not yeah. able to give the kids the things you're supposed to. And then you, when we start, you kind simply of, don't care. Because you need a nap. Well, yeah. <laughs> having a child at 22 has got to be a different than having a child at 60, which people are now have the option to do. Well, it's an accessory, it yeah. feels like. And then they're coming out and saying why they didn't have the kids. And it's like, why well, I just didn't want to have kids then. So now I'm going to have a child at 55. And I just think, wow, having a child at 55, are you depriving a child of at a certain energy and some women are being honest about it they're like yeah i just don't have, I don't have the energy for this i'm like what about chloe kardashian she was honest she's like i could give a shit for this kid yeah I actually, <laughs> was that weird I, strangely <laughs> i was super appreciative that she was so honest because she did say that nobody tells you how weird it is to show up at the hospital 
and take a baby from somebody else who's just been carrying it for nine months. And yeah, it's your genetics are inside of this baby, but this baby was just literally inside of some other woman who's now going to have to deal with her body having milk filled, you know, and she's got no baby to give the milk to the emotionality of that. And she just shows up dressed up at a hospital and takes the baby and walks out. It's, she said it felt very transactional and that not enough people are talking about how she had issues, you know, uh, bonding with the child. And I thought it was actually quite brave of her. And then she said, you know, Kim didn't feel that way. And I'm like, well, Kim also, sold her own sex tape so i mean yeah i think you know we shouldn't be setting a litmus test for whether people are having normal human emotions when it starts with kim kardashian and i i don't think i think right now there's just this push for women to think that it's so normal like ivf's in the back of your mind you know what i mean like you can just get a surrogate and nobody talks about kind of the dark side of the industry and what really goes on in the surrogacy industry yeah. mm-hmm. and i think everything that starts as well-intentioned which i think the intention was meaningful it's i literally can't get pregnant somehow hollywood gets a hold of it and it yeah. kind of turns into this weird factory yeah it's like child trafficking in a weird way yeah it's like these rich uh, gay guys are hiring like hillbillies that make $20 a year right. with no teeth. And they're desperate. So it, it, yeah. it's, I think it's different if you if you find a surrogate, like you hear these stories and somebody turned to their sister. Like I have kids very easily. My sister couldn't have a child. And could you hold our child? And you hear these wonderful stories and it's this gift and they've never had even one child. But then when you find these people like you're talking about, these like wealthy gay men who just don't want to have sex with women. Yeah, I don't want to sex women, but I want to have a child. And they find some poor, destitute woman who needs what really isn't a lot of money that they're getting for putting their body through. Yeah, putting their body. And that's first the eggs, just for the eggs you're getting, 20K. Barfing for three months. Uh Uh-huh. Hemorrhoids hanging down to your knees. You can pay a premium for them to give them the breast milk. It's just something about it is it's gotten quite... Slavery. It's, it's, a, it's a form of slavery, and I found myself agreeing with this far-left feminist who wrote a piece on it. On, I think she went after Priyanka Chopra, and she was saying, you know, this, this industry won't be, um, I won't find this to be a, a measure of equality until you, you tell me that there are wealthy women that are having children for <laughs> poor women. people, yeah. You know? It's a commodity. Everything is now. Yeah. Are you scared? Are you scared? More, are you afraid as a mother for your children what kind of world they're going to live in i'm not afraid no because i I know yeah birthing person please please have some (laughs) respect for the gay men um (laughs) who are birthing people as well uh but yeah i i'm definitely not afraid it's weird i because i know who i am and i know what i would never allow and i think people that have fears are only fearful because they don't have what it takes to stand up to certain things. And people are, are really care what people think about them. They care about, I don't want to be the mom that raises this issue, you know, the emails that I get, but I just wanted to let you know, maybe you could cover it at my child's school and could you cover my name? I, I would never be that parent. Like I would, I want people to know that I put this out into the universe. I want people to know that I am the I am a problematic mother. Mm-hmm. You know, you are never going to have any control over my child that I do not have. And I think because somehow government plus the culture has fractured parents from that strength. Yeah, they want to separate us from, uh, you know, raising our own kids. Yeah, and they're they're apprehensive. And so they turn, they're looking for people like me or other people to say something for them. And I keep reminding them that you you this is your household. 
you know, I never worried about masks and vaxxing and things of that nature because it wasn't allowed in my house. It just wasn't allowed. We had people come in, you know, we had a night nurse and I remember she came in. My son was just a couple of months old and she came in with a mask and it was the first time we had used a night nurse in, in Tennessee. And I said, you don't have to wear, wear that here. And she said, oh, I choose to wear that. And I said, oh, well, you, you can't, you can't work here. My son's not going to wake up in the night to a stranger wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, no It's just not going to happen. So if you're not comfortable with that, I'm not comfortable with you being here. You you can control. You, you get to set your own boundaries in your household. You get to set your own boundaries in terms of where you send your children to school. And um, where are your kids are not school aged. They're not school aged yet. We're just starting to look now. And I'm not wanting to throw my child into daycare because mm-hmm. I just like having him home. He's a nut. It's, these years go by super fast. He's... You know, he's really getting his personality and he's, he's acting a lot like me, which is very funny. He's yeah. very sure of himself. That's and, cool. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to, I don't want those years to be given to daycare, but, um, and I'm, and I'm obviously blessed that I'm able to keep him at home. I know not every person has, has the means to do that. And, um, certainly I don't think they should have them in, unless they can keep them at home with them. Yeah. And everyone's circumstance is different. Like, you know, my, my, my sister's when they had to work from home and, you know, there was no option for them, yeah. you know, so, and, and so I'm, I'm aware of that, that it, I'm, I'm privileged in the sense that I can say that I want to keep my child at home, that I can do my podcast and be done by 11 a.m. And, and be home. But uh, yeah, I, I am very much prepared and have started doing the research into what schools that I want to send my Are child you, to. What about homeschooling? I homeschooled my youngest. I'm thinking about it only because I do think that kids... And the schools slow kids down. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how quickly you can learn at home. They're like sponges. And they would be so much more advanced if they're not being hindered by, well, this is what they need to learn at this age. And my sister Plus, they go by the dumbest kid. Like, yeah, you know, you bring them go, down. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going up. So I don't want that. But there are some wonderful schools in Tennessee, Christian oh, cool. schools in Tennessee that we're taking a look at and we're just now going to start touring and everyone's trying to get into them and there's long wait lists so aren't you afraid of teachers because you know they're all not all but i mean there's such a large number of them that are secret perverts even in school churches if i was putting my child in school in los angeles i'd probably have more fear than down in tennessee a little different. The mindset's a bit, a little bit different in Tennessee, um, and especially where we're looking. You, know? you like Tennessee. You said you moved as soon as you got pregnant. Yeah, the small town mentality is mm-hmm. where you want to be. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. You know how people handle things like that. It, you know, especially in an open carry state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still got the good old boys down mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and and so it was for us, very intentional to move down to the South and, and not to be obsessed with the, the politics of the North or the politics of the West in, in terms of California. So we're comfortable where we are. That's cool. Uh-huh. Well, I like Texas too. Yeah. Open carry. I love it. I shot a, I shot a six-point buck deer and then made sausage out of him. It's the best sausage I've ever eaten in my life. That's why I killed him because I tasted this sausage and i'm like damn i'm gonna go get me one and i thought it's kind of right that you'd kill your own meat rather than making somebody else do it and then it's important yeah it's important to and that's make your own fire right all of it and that's something that i've really dived into since getting married my husband's always hunted and i did my first hunt at the end of last year cool yeah which was great it was amazing and i i recommend that every person does it because it is important to know where your food comes comes from it doesn't come from a grocery store um and it kind of tethers you 
more to reality, you know. Yeah. Life and you and said death, you're doing great a, respect, great reverence. You said for you're the creatures. doing a garden too, right? I love gardening. I gotten I've gotten into gardening. That has been something that will stick forever. I just love it and it's shocking to think of how much more money we spend than we have to at the grocery store. Right, isn't simply it? Simply because we don't know how to throw seeds into dirt, right. which our grandparents did, and right. it's 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 just kind of a lost art. Definitely lost in the inner city communities, for sure. Yeah, which is so sad. Yeah, and, and it is sad because I grew up in an inner city community. I grew up in Stamberg, Connecticut. It's, it's really close to New York, and it's so weird that nobody gardens. I don't know a single person that I grew up with that had a, a vegetable garden in the back. And Connecticut's you know beautiful place. Where I was was obviously closer to the metropolitan area. Uh, but it was weird that as I went on this endeavor to learn to garden, I was nervous. I didn't know what to do with the seeds once I had them. And I remember turning to this woman who's kind of become like a de facto grandma. She's helped us since we moved to Tennessee, Helen. And I was like, you know, what do I do now? And she's like, we just put them in the dirt. You know, <laughs> just got to put them in the dirt. And I was so like, okay, and then what's going to, then something's going to grow. That's, it's some, it's that simple. Wow. Yeah, and I know. Now we have so much food that the the it's yielding so much crop that our concern is what do we do with all of this? It's way too much food for one family, right? And yet you have people that are talking about grocery store prices and not having you know not mm -hmm. knowing what to do. And you got to learn how to. Take I did care that of in Hawaii just to see what it would be to grow my own food, and I have nut trees there, and that's the perfect protein macadamia nuts. Yeah. So it's getting off the grid and being self sufficient, not being owned by the government. That's the goal. Yeah, That's the goal, the Pur goal. purchasing land, knowing how to do everything yourself because we're not in a good circumstance right now in America. Mm -mm. and Because we don't know how to do that. We don't that. know how to do any of that. We're, that we're all welfare, uh, welfare dependence mm -hmm. is something that I've recognized. We're all on welfare. If you think that your food comes from a grocery store, you're on welfare. Yeah. If you were terrified of what would happen during COVID and because of grocery stores, you're, you're, you're a dependent. And you, you think you're independent because you've got some ritzy latte sipping job sitting behind a computer you're nothing. You're That's a peasant. Right. And so what I appreciate about the South is that there there aren't peasants. Everybody works with their hands. People know how to grow their own food. You know, how to look outside. And I even have this, like, app where I, I – what plant is this? Can this plant harm me? Do you know what's mm -hmm. what agricultural zone you live in? Mm -hmm. That's real knowledge, you know. It is. Reading it? BuzzFeed articles and yeah. – <laughs> that's living a life of value yeah but i was i wanted to talk to you about uh slavery because you know you're a black woman you're yeah, an outspoken and i know all about woman. slavery i know you do and so do i and um uh especially in america yeah and uh i was thinking that you know lincoln freed the slaves and we had the civil war and all that and starting there and then you know, it was supposed to be 40 acres and a mule for every former slave. Well, that went nowhere. But then, shortly thereafter, they bring in that 1871, signing away, you know, bring in that other thing where we're all slaves mm. to England and, uh, you know, that, you know, that the uh, Corporation of the United States of America, where we have to start paying taxes back to England and the Vatican banks in Switzerland, which in effect nullified uh, 1776 and made us all subjects again of, uh, of a corporation that serves Great Britain. They took away our whole country and made every working class person pretty much a slave. Yeah. Our birth certificate is owned and that's their collateral. Mm. Well, I've, I talk about, I talked about this in my book and it's just a fact is that 
you know, slavery never went away in this country. It just mutated. You know, yeah. there are forms of slavery that people will no longer tolerate. And then the government smartens up and says, okay, how can we make convince people that they're free and still have them be enslaved, which is really the conversation that we're having about the grocery it, store, you know, the whole concept yes. of, whoa, it's, it's freedom, it's progress. And actually it's the most regressive thing ever. You don't know how to take care of yourself. You are literally relying on the government. I mean, you saw this in, in COVID. People are begging, you know, the government, can I go outside? Can I do these things? You're a slave. You're absolutely a slave. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are there are tons of different ways that they've mutated slavery, and especially amongst Black Americans, it's fascinating. Especially. It's it's almost exactly what they did on the plantation. Yeah, it's just you can't physically you know, you're not seeing it with your own eyes, but and you're not allowed to name it. Yeah, well, I name it the whole time. It's it's modern slavery. I mean, it's it's your families are broken down, just like on. It, during the times of slavery, you were not allowed. The men were sent away. Yep, and, and they're, they're now they just are them. incarcerated. Yeah, instead of working. Well, on not, it's another. not even the incarceration. It's it's just the father absence incentives from the from the welfare system. You know, quite literally, we will give a baby mama more money for not marrying a man, and so the women don't marry men. And you had actual government agents coming down to inspect the homes no. of black women to make sure that the black men weren't there. That was that whole Moynihan thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, to see the single motherhood rate in black America go from 23%, which is what it was before um, they started all of this, the, the, the welfare industry and the Great Society Act, which is what, what spearheaded all of this, to it now over industry. 78%. Yeah. You know, it's the exact same thing that happened on in terms of slavery. That was a, a policy. Also, black Americans can't read. You know, you tell people that you're facing a crisis in which literally the majority of black kids cannot read. They can't pass literacy exams and they ignore that. They, I'm, do you understand this? It was a slave code that black Americans That's couldn't right. learn how to read. And now they've done it systematically while t- teach telling you that it's more important that your kid feel emotional about Black Lives Matter than be able to read a book. Right. And this mm-hmm. is what they're producing. They're emotional. They have no logic. They have no ration and they can't read. You know, when you look at inner cities like Baltimore and you look across five schools and they can't find a single child that's proficient in reading and writing. That's not an accident. That's not an accident. It's and on it's purpose. a pipeline from those public schools to prison. And you know what they do in prison? They work for corporations for 16 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. That is part of slavery. Right. To remove the males and make them work on another plantation. Well, inevitably, when you the, the direct correlation is when you remove fathers from the home and you have father absence, those kids inevitably turn to the streets because... And then they go to prison. Yeah, because they're looking for a paternity. It's not like the, that thing inside of you that wants a dad to tell you, don't do this, don't do that. You're still going to pursue it. And so unfortunately for these kids, they pursue it in music. They pursue it in hip-hop. They start you know, listening to rappers, the rappers are talking about gang banging and they go and they emulate that behavior because they don't have a dad that's saying, turn that off, you don't listen to this stuff. You know, music that would have never been allowed in my household. If, growing up with my grandfather, there's no way I could have blared rap music, you know, um, is now what they're hearing in their airwaves. They can't read, they can't write. Don't but- you think there's a war on, on? Uh, well, I think it's all just, a. I, I see it all as a class war, which slavery is. Yeah, it's, it's a it's the idea is to keep people warm with each other so people don't see what's so obvious and what's in front of them that they don't see that this is just a modern updated plantation with all of the exact yes, same it rules is. It is. Uh, and so it keeps their focus they look around and they finish school or graduate high school and they want to know why they don't have anything why they can't read why they can't make any money why they are just slaves um, in the system and then they go oh and then the government says oh it's because of white people 
you know, <laughs> or it's because Ooh. of rich people or, you know, it's because of tall people, whatever it is, whatever ism they're working on, it's because of men, you know, it's, a, it's because of the patriarchy. And because these people are not rational and they're, they don't have high intellect, they buy into it. And these are the people that you see riding on the streets who are thinking, well, I'm going to take what's mine and grab a flat screen TV from Target because a random black person got shot. Mm. Um, and and they're being rewarded, which I feel is they're just being set up. Oh, they're just they're being just pat being on the head. Set, but they yeah. will be they will be eventually arrested. Yeah, of course. Or shot in the streets yeah. like dogs. Right. Because that's what they're moving us all towards that. Right. Towards chaos in the street mm-hmm. where, you know, and the majority, I think that the target is black youth. I do. And, and, and you know, working class youth. Mm. And... Um, it just makes me sick, and also they they totally disguise with their CRT. They dis- disguise the working class poor that are white. Yeah, and that's the devastation that's mm. happening right now. I mean, it is the whole working class and the bottom of the middle class, and they did it on purpose because mm. they go where the money is, and they just take the money. And that's what causes the collapse of everything. When they take the money out of a community or out of a whole class, of course it's going to collapse and people are going to turn on each other. Right. And they do it on purpose and they pocket the shit. Yeah. They're yeah. pocketing every dime of that Ukraine shit. Of course, of course. There's no accountability, which makes entirely no sense. We should be able to log onto an account and see how the government spends our Hello, money. Hello, it's our There's money. There's no reason that we shouldn't be able to do that. If I can log in to my bank accounts and i can see every dollar i spend the government can log into my bank accounts and see every dollar that i spend and take and, it if they want and, and the irs can you know if i'm 50 dollars off in paying them you know say oh, this is this is the forensic accounting we've done to show that and, they, and then they suddenly billions to, of dollars they disappears when it's our tax dollars and, and they're giving guns to the new irs if you're paying over 600 dollars on venmo yeah they're sending 300 trillion mm-hmm. to their own self yeah, and the nobody's military industrial complex. You'll go to prison if you ask where it went. Yeah, I mean, I ask all the time. It's, I mean, that's it's obvious. You're going to tell me we just we can't stop being in wars. We can't stop. We're you know we're in Iraq. We're in Afghanistan. We jump right into Ukraine, and you're constantly trying to tell us that we need to give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't know how many times I can say this. I don't give a shit about what's going on in Ukraine. Okay. That's not, that is not what, that is not my immediate concern. But it I should don't be, care and about I'll the tell headlines. you Because that's where all your tax money is yeah, going. That's, your I care schools, about what's going on in my in your DC. Your roads, yeah. your hospitals, And that pisses me off. And they keep trying to, and this kind of gets into the rich men north of Richmond and the success of that song is, yeah. you stop trying to tell us that we need to give a shit about what's happening in Ukraine when the majority, oh, I'm sorry, the overwhelming majority, if I had to put it at a number, I'd probably say 95% of American citizens came and point to Ukraine on a map. Stop trying to make Ukraine happen, okay? Well, we have to defend their borders and then, and over there Zelensky in Ukraine. And you see Zelensky making appearances. Birthing at, woman, I mean person. <laughs> Grammys, and you see Zelensky on a, mm. on a press tour and his wife shopping in Paris. I mean, this is like let them eat cake, you know? It is let them it eat cake. It is let them eat cake, and it's so despicable and so disgusting and so spineless, left and right, any person that gets up on a platform and tells you that it's our job to care about them, F them. Seriously, any Mm -hmm. person that can look you in the face as you're trying to feed your kids and tell you that you're heartless because you don't care about what's happening to whoever in Ukraine, F them. F them. Seriously. I I spit on that. I spit on that. How dare you? 
People can't literally afford to feed their kids because you stopped them from working, by the way. That's right. Okay, you stopped them from... And, and you took all the investment that, that Trump's whole plan for make America great, make America first, that he put into those inner cities, into, the, into black infrastructure, which he was saying was part of, uh, you know, making amends to the black community. He was putting money in those cities. They took every dime of that, too. They took and now everything. they're after the Social Security, which I think is part of the whole pandemic to get rid of the old people. Oh, I mean, there's I mean, there's no money left in Social Security. Social no, Security is, that went is to bankrupt. Ukraine too. Everything went to Ukraine and we're being recycled because Ukraine... We got to protect their borders, though, over there it's in not about Ukraine. The it's just a laundromat. They want to protect Ukraine because Ukraine is an American laundromat. It's where they go to wash their money mm-hmm. and send it back to themselves. And people that are oh, not awake shit. to that while they're trying to tell you sad commercials of why you need to care. Biden been playing in Ukraine long before this. The- but do you think that men should go in women's bathrooms? Let's talk about something more important. <laughs> it is very important that men be allowed to go wherever women are and in all of their spaces because men and women are biologically the exact same people. And men should speak for women, especially if they used to be men. Yeah. They know how to speak for someone yeah. like me. They're better at being lived women. 70 years with a prolapse uterus. They're I'm having five ungrateful little bastards. <laughs> So they should speak for me. I think that's the lesson, is that men are better at being women. You know, um, Jeremy Boring, who's the co-CEO of Daily Wire, said that. He said, in the future, all the best women will be men. <laughs> they already are. They're and that's what's the happening. Job. That's what's happening. They're getting the jobs. And the, and the uh, medals and yeah, everything everything. Else. Yeah, they're better at it. They're yeah. better at being women. Um, and it's interesting that people don't see the underlying misogyny in that and saying, how that. about these bitches that are out there screaming for men's rights? Who? The fucking left. That's like, yeah, men do deserve to come over here and rape us whenever they want. What are you talking about? Who said this? The liberal women. What? I think she's being sarcastic, right? Well, no, I'm saying that's what they're saying. When I watch these women that are mouthpieces for trans rights movement. Oh, trans. Okay. I thought you were talking about literally. Um, yeah, no, 100%. The feminists, the hyper feminists. Yeah. yeah. That are coming out and saying that we should be, we should, this is again, forego yourself, right? Why do you mm-hmm. care about yourself and you being a woman and your woman and your female experiences when we should be caring about someone else more? And this person says, especially that when he puts on panties, he feels like more of a woman than you and you need to respect that and shut up. Oh, okay. You know, I'll the just first thing they then. did, they did to me and to all my friends who were, uh, anti-rape activists, they took us down on Twitter first, and they took down all the uh, fe- real, I'm not even going to say the F word feminist, fuck that, uh, pro-woman professors on every university campus in this country who were uh, f- advocating for rape rights and for uh, against child sex rape. They took all of those down. Never a word was said about it. But they came after me for the same thing because I was saying men in children's spaces, penises in little girls' spaces, is an act of rape. Actually, it just came out. It was Wisconsin, I want to say. It might have been Wisconsin prisons. I think it was Wisconsin for sure yeah. that over fifty percent of the inmates that are trans are sex are sexual offenders. sexual sex offenders. 
Um, and that's incredible. They're in Valhalla. That's incredible. How could that locked be? Locked up women. They're in there with locked yeah. and they've, they're impregnating them too by force. Oh, yeah. And, and now these stories are kind of making their way and, you're, and, and people are starting to ask questions. But it doesn't matter because there's an entire ecosystem built to protect this bizarre narrative as if we're not examining sexual fetish. People tell you who they are early on. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. circumstance of Sam Brinton. The nuclear energy waste person who showed up to work in heels. There was a whole, all of this evidence that this was a sexual deviant, right? He ha- was in pup play, wearing makeup, heels to the White House. They made it seem like he was fabulous, long nails, uh, sparkly uniforms. We, we saw him in thongs on tables. It wasn't a disqualifier for the Biden administration. They said, oh no, that's just love is love, I guess. Throw it under the love is love bracket. And then what happened? He started stealing women's luggage at airports and got arrested three times. And then they just quietly dismissed him. And I, and I couldn't let this story go because it's like, he was, by the way, it's not Sam Britton's fault. He told you, I am a sexual mm-hmm. deviant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, how much more, I'd like to dress up like a puppy and pup play features, by the way, men walking around with dildos. You know, he, to- oh, he told you, yeah, nobody knows that when they're on all fours. Mm-hmm. I did this, there was a whole piece on it, what actually pup play is. He had all of this. And it was not like back in the day, that would have been a disqualifier for getting a job, right? If you were online, the old school, like, okay, let me go in for this job at the Daily Wire. Oh, look, it actually turns out Candace is into very kinky pup play and likes to dress up and wear, like, you would think that they would say, maybe this person does, is, should not be working here. Nope. This made them want Sam Brinton more. Yep. Yeah, but boy, and if then he, he stole like some Trump, black woman's, he stole he some like black Trump, woman's though. luggage. Nobody cared. <laughs> Was wearing her stuff. Nobody cared. She's like, "This is stuff that I've, you know, made by hand. Nobody else owns it. Nobody mm-hmm. cared." And they just quietly went, "Oh, I, I don't know what happened there." They but, called her a racist. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, this is like it's, you know, the, they're the fr- they're, they're looking for freaks. They're look, and yeah. then when the people they do freaky stuff, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know how that could have possibly happened." I don't even blame Sam Brin. He told us. He told us who he was. <laughs> he wasn't hiding it. I like that those are the people that go around saying that we're offensive. I know. I know. That's what I can't get. I know. Yeah. You like Trump. Uh, How offensive. How offensive. How could you possibly America first. Right. It's, it's, their minds are so warped that if you spend time thinking about how it's possible that they can wake up and look at themselves in the face and feel like serious people. I mean, you, you just have to imagine that they're so far into it that they just don't have the humility to, to admit that they were wrong. Because now it's just abundant. You know what I mean? It's it's so abundant. The mental illness is so abundant. Everything conservatives warned about that they said, oh, that's never going to happen. It's abundant. We're fighting it right now. We're dealing with people that are trying to say, well, don't call it pedophilia. Call it minor attractive people. Mm-hmm. It's here. It's in front of you, right? Yeah. So this is no longer about left or right. It's Oklahoma about what is- just hired a, con- a convicted Guy that was caught with child porn as a principal of a school. Did mm-hmm. you read that? Covered it on my show. Yeah. And California. He wasn't, he wasn't convicted. He oh. basically got out on a technicality. He got arrested for child pornography. A technicality of why he didn't get he didn't get convicted and they expunged it from his record was because um, the judge, they couldn't prove that it was a child. So let's say they, whatever the image was, the images that they found in his computer and in his house. They said there were thousands of they, them. But, but they, until you can identify and say that's Jeremy Snow born on December oh my 1st, God. he, his, his defense can say, you don't know if it's a child. This just be a young looking, young looking man or a young looking woman. Mm-hmm. So the judge on a technicality, which, and, and a judge, another judge disagreed with him. I covered this on my show. 
and said, no, that's clearly a child. But they said, well, you have to actually prove that that's a child. So you get off on a technicality, expunged it from his record. But like that, oh that then he was a, a drag queen, uh, which just loves to be in front of children, dressed up as and, and reading story time, which just is another thing. If you want to wear they you know, have panties, butt plugs too, don't why, they? Why, why do you so badly want to be in front of kids? <laughs> Okay, let's say you want to dress up as a woman and this mm-hmm. is how you want to night. Okay, I don't Go really care. Go to a rest home. They if, love that. Yeah, if, if freaks want to do freaky things in their own freaky capacity, in their own freaky homes, it doesn't really upset me. But what is this need to fight for a right to be able to read a book in front of a child? Mm-hmm. How does that not register you as a parent as something that's odd, right? And, and, and in order to show the world that you're... Uh, woke and loving, you say, "Oh, look, well, I'm taking my child." Did you notice they're all the par- all the they're all single moms and they're all obese. Well, I know everything about how obese women think because I spent my whole <laughs> life like that. Is this a thing? I'm telling you, yeah. Tell me, how do obese women piece. think? Well, they're they're really angry and um, unloved inside, but they want approval of uh, males they find attractive yet unavailable, which is gay. Uh-huh. They want their approval, so they'll do anything to get it. Interesting. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. Wow, the obese But it's not mentality. a threatening man, not a threatening male that would say, no, I don't want to have sex with you because you're obese, but a gay guy that'll play flirt with them, they'll do anything for that. Wait, that's super interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm being so serious because I'm very fascinated about you know, the the fat, fat acceptance movement, the whole... You mean big fat Lizzo that stole my act? Liz, Lizzo is a person that I've covered extensively on my show, <laughs> beca- not because she's fat, but because she's one of the purveyors of the fat acceptance, which is like just per, like be clinically obese, pursue being clinically obese. Totally weird. You know, that she's like shaking in a thong. I, I don't have an issue with people that get, you know, are overweight and are trying to lose the weight. And she a, stole my act, first of all. I was the first obese woman. I... I was the first obese woman. We're going to need a fact check on that. No, no I was by the first obese We don't fact check But listen, <laughs> I bad. broke all the, I wasn't the first, but I broke all the stereotypes. I was the one that got called a fat cow in, mm-hmm. in Time magazine. They called me all the names that they don't dare call Lizzo. Mm. I had to take it. I'm the one that went to all those uh, dressmakers and says, you got to make a size 16. You're an anti-Semite if you don't. Did you say that and get, and get the dressmaker? I did to Donna Karen. Because she herself wore a 16 and wouldn't make it. I go, what is this, some kind of anti-Semitic thing that you're doing here? We all wear a 16. Yeah. All the Jewish women. Anyway, that was a, but I did say that. But I said, you've got to make a size 16 here to all the dressmakers. And so they all went up, you know, in sizes of XL, X1, X. That's because I fought that. I fought that. And I was called all those names. I was on the cover of Vanity Fair in a bustier when mm-hmm. I was fat. And Bo- I met Botero. That's true. And all that stuff. I broke them down, not big fat ass Lizzo. Well, I don't think she's broken them down necessarily. And I don't even think- She don't even thank me. <laughs> See, I was the woman that put my ass out there. And none of these bitches today, excuse me. They don't thank the women that broke the doors down, which I mean me. Well, I think now it's become something else where they're, uh, you know, because as you said, there are a lot of health implications with being large. And it went from, you know, can we make a larger size for people to fit into to now glorifying obesity, which is something that's very dangerous, obviously. I don't like it either because 
I it's mean, the number one killer in America. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, they want us. You know, everything is a mind a trick cult. to get us to kill ourselves mm-hmm. and each other, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's mind control. Yeah, and so it's very bizarre that there's been this switch where it's now, it's not about like, hey, I am this size and I'd like to be able to wear a dress too. It's now gone (laughs) into, we need to encourage people to be clinically obese and to problematize health. And now you have things, you have headlines, I mean, not headlines, magazine covers that say obese is healthy, literally. Mm -hmm. Obese is healthy. Mm -hmm. Of course, obese is not healthy. We know that. Yeah. You know, of course, I would assume that when you were a size 16, you weren't saying uh, obesity is healthy. So make me a dress. It's like, OK, I'd like to be able to wear a dress. And so yeah, I don't, tricked- I don't want to wear a suit that like a pony wears. You go to the store and it'd be like one striped sleeve and the other one has stars. We just wanted to have a nice dress. Yeah, an option to wear, which yeah. is which is a much more noble pursuit. But what Lizzo has done, I think, has tripped into something else, which is very dangerous, you know, and, and pretending that obesity is health and, you know, trying to market the idea that women should aspire to obesity is entirely different. It's another gay guy thing. You know what I saw? These gay guy uh, weightlifters, I saw this in Malibu. They were weightlifters in their bikini swimsuits. And they had these women there, and they were, these were some famous guys, 400 pound each women, and they were feeding them in their in their yard. The women was in swimsuits too, 400 pounds each. I'm not lying. And these muscle guys came out there and were feeding them whole chickens and stuff for a party. <laughs> yeah, it's they're like, called it's, it's, feeders. It's becoming a circus act, and they have these pe- these characters on YouTube. People pay them ten thousand dollars a month to watch them eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy started as like a vegan. He was super small. Nico Avocado, I think, is his name. And then now he's he's four hundred. He has to use a breathing tube, and he just keeps eating. And he just puts things on his plate and just keeps eating. And people, it it it's very circus act. Yeah, and very sadistic. sadistic and it's incredible that that's allowed on YouTube. You're watching someone slowly kill themselves. He is going to die if he does not reverse course. And that's totally permissible, you know. And so all anything that leads to death, yeah, they totally love it. permissible on YouTube. Anything that leads to health and changing and trying to get people to Happiness. recognize illness and you know whether it's mental illness or physical illness and talking about things meaningfully, not allowed on YouTube. Very weird. Very. They're weaponizing mental illness mm-hmm. and um, unhappiness, which they cause. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, they have us in <clears throat> the pens they want us in. Wow. I always say, we're nothing but veal in high heels. Veal in high heels? Yeah. We're in little pens and they, they get us, oh, you're, th- you're this color, which means to us, you're this. They don't even care what you define yourself as. You're, you're this color, so this is how you'll vote. Or you'll be punished. Right. And you're this religion, so that's how you'll think. Or you'll be punished. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they hate thought. Right. Right. And and that's actually something that I think I'm probably the most interested in now in everything that I'm working on is is trying to show people how we are all very manipulated at all at Aren't various we? times. Me, I fell for the propaganda when I was young, the public school insistence that Republicans and conservatives were all racist and backwards and mm-hmm. people in the South were I believed it all. Me too. And so I'm not above the propaganda, but because I've had that moment of consciousness and, and now I see things straight, it's I've dedicated the rest of my life Me too. to making people realize, you know, at, at great personal cost, yeah, but um, it is worth it. 
to tell stories over and over again and, and obscure stories. This is the docuseries that I told you I'm working on yeah. now, Convicting a Murderer, which is, this one's an incredible one because it's apolitical. Mm-hmm. It's one that the left and the right fell for. It was a Netflix fandom behind it. Making a Murderer was the original series. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. they took this guy, Stephen Avery, and he was actually, in fact, wrongly convicted, um, spent 12 years in prison for something that he didn't do, uh, which was the rape and um, attempted murder of another woman who just wrongly pointed him out in the lineup. There was no conspiracy. There's The cops didn't tell her to do it. They just This was pre-DNA. She said it was definitely him. They locked him up wrongly. He gets out of prison and um, he's not out for long before he gets... He's under uh, arrest again for the suspicion of the murder of another woman. And so these documentary makers went down there. Anti-police sentiment was building and it kind of produced this series making a murder. And people walked away from it believing that Stephen Avery, this was like White Lives Matter before there was ever Black uh Lives Matter. There was a whole cult and I saw the Netflix doc and this Mm -hmm. guy's innocent. Yeah. And to really understand how many people were manipulated to believe this most contemptible individual because they just didn't give you enough facts you know they just kind of told you but he was wrongly convicted once so it could happen twice um doing that docuseries has you know it's been incredible it's been incredible and i think you know, it's just been released. and people... So you think he got away with it? Oh, no, he got convicted of the second murder. Oh, he did? He's in prison. Yeah, but he's in prison with a whole fandom behind him. So he's got he's got multiple fiancés, wives, like women that have, have become so possessed by this Netflix narrative. People that are, you know, still songs about him. I mean, to see what this turned into and how harassed the family of the victim was, the woman who was actually killed. So, but what I meant is that because he got off on the first one, they're right. still thinking that he is innocent of the second one, right. even though he... Yeah, culture thinks he's innocent. I'm one of the people that thinks he's innocent. Yeah, uh, if you watch the Netflix No, I, I did. I wanted to talk to you about Not of it. the second yeah. one, though. No, oh, right? absolutely. You I watched... think he's innocent of the second well, one? Well, I was telling everyone I'd like to talk to you about it, if I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm a big Steve Aven- Stephen Avery fan, if you can yes, be. Yes, I love that. But I'll tell you why. <clears throat> For me, it is political, because... My mother and I do this show all the time, and we talk all the time about how the biggest problems are class, that it's not race. Of course, they're interlinked, but class is something nobody ever talks about in America. And I always cited the Stephen Avery case because him and Brandon Dassey were poor and white, and it did seem on that original documentary that they kind of got railroaded. And I always would say, you know, OJ got off. This is an affluent black man, and Stephen Avery and Brandon Dassey are still in prison. And it looked as if the police framed him. I mean, that that interview with Dassey is is hard to watch. I mean, yeah. he's obviously... I love that you're saying that because no, that's, I'm, I'm yeah, honest. yeah, no, and that's and that really shows you the power of a Netflix series because and even people that say okay, I actually think Stephen Avery did it, think Brendan Dassey's innocent because yeah. they chose a perfect portion of a multiple interviews with Brendan Dassey, multiple where he, they just think oh he looks innocent, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and then what we've gotten what we have access to are the prison phone calls, uh, yeah. the original mm-hmm. because the, even Brendan Dassey he wasn't even on the police radar, he he just came forward, you know, and people don't know this, they, people don't know this, and so no, they I- tried to make it seem like he got tricked in and looped in because they wanted. The, the Netflix narrative was, you know, they were didn't want to pay this $36 million pending mm-hmm. lawsuit. I mean, none of it's true. None of it's true. Well, I watched the first five episodes last night. In oh, did you? Yeah, and Yay. I'm, you are, it's it's brilliant. I mean, I'm, I'm rethinking yeah. everything, so I urge everybody to watch it. But I got to say, I was a little upset at first, because like I said, you've kind of taken someone 
not that was important to me, but a case that was important to me. It's hard to go through that exercise. I was mad at you. Yeah, actually. and I get that, and that's why I, I love to well, read these stories. Well, you're undoing brainwashing. Well, because yeah, that's but it's how a, I felt too. Like when like. you believe something for so long, <laughs> yeah, and it it becomes a part of you. Yeah, and then when you find out that you are wrong, and you and the biggest part of this is having the humility to admit you are wrong. Because I've, like I said, I've just gotten it wrong before. Well, and, we've all been brainwashed. So, but some people yeah. don't. They go further into the ignorance because mm-hmm. they just can't bear to accept that they right. were wrong. And right. I could have done that with Black Lives Matter. I could have done that with the way I was, you know, raised right. believing Republicans. But I had to go through that exercise of like, sometimes we just get it wrong and it's not our fault. How could you not? I mean, the Netflix series was very convincing. Very convincing. Very convincing. Yeah. And then when you see everything they left out and you just go, okay, if they had told me all of this, I would have probably seen that maybe. But I'd you wouldn't have watched I lived it. Or it first, you wouldn't have watched it. I lived right. it firsthand to see how they came after me and how they purposely painted me as a racist and you know despite just that very last season i had gotten praise from uh muslim people at university saying this is groundbreaking because i did that muslim neighbor show which is part of why i came back to television to do that kind of material i i just got all, all these praises and awards for you know the shows i was doing that 10th season and then ABC and Disney were the purveyors of everything that called me a racist because they wanted me off. And that was because of, uh, you know, it was purely political. They wouldn't even give me the chance to explain what I meant. Mm. Well, But, you know, at the same time, and the same people are always involved. Did you notice that? Mm. It came from a call from Michelle Obama and uh, Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice from Netflix. Mm. Netflix is a big old brainwasher. Yeah. Look how they normalize pedophilia on there. Well, two things that I want to say first is that, yeah, if you watch Convicting a Murderer, you will see how much Netflix had invested in this narrative, which is bizarre. You know, it's kind of bizarre, but it was interesting to try to Absolutely. kind of weave away and say like maybe the justice system is wrong and they, you know, they're worried about their profits. And so who cares about the truth when you're trying to make money? Um, but I think it's super interesting. And I love that you have now seen it that like, so people please go watch convicting, definitely convicting a murderer. But I do want to say one thing because I said this on my show, the scandal involving you fascinates me because Valerie so Jarrett looks exactly like a character from Planet of the Apes. I did yeah. this on my show a couple of weeks ago. I showed a side-by-side I saw. of Valerie Jarrett. <laughs> and I'm like, this. it's still to me the it's bizarre so cancellation. It is. She literally looks exactly yeah. like a character from Planet of the Apes. And what's stunning is, first off, no one would know. This is like one of these people like, oh, I'm mixed blacks. So now I get to claim black and you can't say that, which is foolish because black people don't look like apes. I don't look like an ape. Right. So I, I don't even care. She doesn't look black. It was she does look like a character. From plus, it sure. wasn't an ape; it was a character from a sci-fi movie. Yeah, but she—it's yeah, it's yeah, and that character. I did. I literally, if you look at the side by side, it is incredible. I've Even never the hair seen, is people. Alike. Everyone looks like animals. Different. I types. know. Yeah, All, I used to yeah, talk about Ron Perlman when I was defending her. He's a white guy that looks. He does look like a gorilla. Yeah, my. <laughs> and I was defending her on Instagram. It was really funny because I didn't know at the time Valerie Jarrett was black nobody knew she was black no, no. so i was like point. she does indeed she, and just, I, she did she and played the Meghan markle where no, they're like did. oh can i now say i'm black and she's like well they wanted African. to get me out of there and i think they wanted to get me out of there that was which i don't even six. know why they begged me to come back they begged me and uh then they had to get me out of there and i guess it was because 
my boyfriend says, well, you were showing a, a Hillary hater and a Trump hater still loving each other and mm -hmm. living together. Yeah. And that ain't good for fundraising. Right, right. It's all just a yank. They want us at each other's throats. Right. They want, uh, oh, and I saw this, but I'll, I'll save that for later because I just want to hear you talk. I just want to compliment you that you are just such a, you are a maverick, man, and you got big woman ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are so brave, and I feel when I hear you talk, I hear it go all the way back a few hundred centuries. <laughs> you're, you're bringing your, all your grandmothers with you when you talk, and I just love listening to you. What logic and uh, deep, how deeply you've thought about things for so long. I'm, I really admire you, and I'm proud to know you. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say, and I, I hope, I always say that if there's anything that I hope people get from me when they watch me or listen to me at all. It's just the permission to be truthful, that they don't feel scared to say the truth. Because I, I can't imagine living like that. I can't imagine waking up every day apprehensive to say what is abundantly true, even if it's something as stupid as Valerie Jarrett looks like in the character. We should all be able to agree on that. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, water is a liquid, you know? Yeah. And people are fearful because they're fearful of being canceled. They're fearful of not being they're liked. They're fearful of being beat down because yeah. that's what this government is doing but you know to what them. I always tell them, you get over, the. they can't keep canceling you. Right. So then what comes at the other side of that is remarkable freedom. So they've thrown everything at me. Every ism, self-hating black person, self-hating woman, uh, racist. I am both controlled by Israel and a raging anti-Semite. Yeah, that's I mean, pick, amazing. Pick the day and yeah. <laughs> they've got something to say. My about favorite me. is you being a white supremacist. Yeah. And what I, what I hear when I when I hear them throwing these out and they don't it doesn't land anymore you know mm -mm. she's transformed homophobe it doesn't land nobody cares anymore nobody cares and so i'm free it means nothing i'm free yeah you are free <laughs> you know? and, and they so are calling me an anti-semite and now i get to be free they're yeah. calling me an anti-semite i just love that so much because yeah. i'm like out of all of them jonathan greenblatt and the adls and all the lefty jews none of them have shabbat i'm the only one that does shabbat and i'm an anti-semite and so I want to start a thing called Jewish Lives Matter, just so I can like protest the ADL. Well, Elon because Musk is going after the ADL. Yeah, let's I talk about that. It. Let's talk about that. Yeah, freedom think, of speech. Yeah. What the hell? Mm -hmm. I think Jonathan Greenblatt personally, personally, is one of the greatest purveyors of anti-Semitism. He causes he all causes of it. Causes people to dislike Jewish people mm -hmm. because yeah. he pretends that he is the all-consuming voice of what impacts Jewish people and mm -hmm. what they're upset about. And it never is a reflection of what Jewish people are actually upset about. And yet that's what gets put into the press. So mm -hmm. he pretends that you must answer to me for something that is not actually a crime at all. And it, it actually makes Jewish people, as he's representing them, he, it, he's almost like BLM representing black people. Yep. Yeah, he where is you just that. You're false calling hoaxes all the time, saying this is anti-Semitism, this is anti-Semitism, when BLM did this with racism. This is racism. This is racism. And actually what it was doing is it was causing more racism because yeah. it made people not want to engage with black people right. because they were coming across as whiny and um, privileged, privilege, hyper-privileged. And he's done that now successfully with Jewish people where people aren't taking the word anti-Semitism seriously anymore. No. It's Literally now when I hear a and claim they're all saying that, that someone oh, is anti-Semitic, I just don't anti believe it. That's what they're saying. Right. But right. he's never defended me. When, when I have, uh, you know, said things yeah. that need defending, 
He's never defended me. I call it the George Soros Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. That's the only Jew, quote unquote, that he ever defends. Have you noticed that? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's definitely not for Jewish people. I don't think anybody no. would be convinced that Jonathan Greenblatt, I mean, I mean, the horrific list of ways to get your life back to Kyrie Irving. Like, how could you think that that, that was, was going to read well? It was disgusting. Yeah. He's disgusting. It was the most, dis- I was like, I mean, instantly. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. You're literally trying to buck break a black man because you're upset that he sent a link. Why don't you go after Amazon? Yeah. Why don't you go after Jeff Bezos? I mean, I just, as, and I can tell you just, as why don't a black you go after person, George Soros, whose number one that. goal is to destroy Israel? Why don't you do that? Yeah, but ex- literally. I mean, it was that list for me just registered him yeah. as I, it was almost racist. I mean, yeah. it was disgusting. He is racist. If you want your life back as a black man, here is what you will do to kowtow to me. Yeah. Disgusting. Ah. The ADL is sick. I hope Elon Musk is successful because he understands too. that it's just a poison. He just calls everybody anti-Semitic and tells them, "You now you're going to do what I'm going to do," mm-hmm. and and that is what BLM did. They That's basically the said, "You're it's a shakedown effort. It is a if shakedown. you want your if you want us to bless you NAACP before them. Mm-hmm. If you if you want me to bless you with your life back mm-hmm. and remove this smear of racism that or anti-Semitism doing. that we're doing, then here's what you're going to do. That's no, paying for protection with the mafia. And I won't. Yeah, it it's is mafia, mafia, and totally. I do not care. The ADL is disgusting, Jonathan. Greenblatt is disgusting, and it's time for that entire industry of fake anti-Semitism to collapse. I co-sign as a Jew. As a Jew, fuck you. Yeah. If I can stand up to BLM in my own race, you think I'm going to allow freaking the ADL and Mm -mm. the fake? I mean, it's some ball-headed motherfucker. All of it needs to stop. A ball-headed. Look at. Remember (laughs) Bob Marley chased these crazy ball heads out of town. Well, you know what? They're nothing but skinheads. Did you notice that? Like, if you're a Jew like myself, I know you're not, but you kind of are by osmosis. But, uh, and, you know, by my definition of what it is, somebody who thinks and includes everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you get real biblical, Jew meant human. In the Bible, that's what it actually means. It's the story of a human culture. And everybody who reads it becomes part of that story. Mm. It's not just about one little group of people. It's a universal story. But uh, I forget what I'm saying. But anyway. Jonathan Greenblatt is filth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jonathan Greenblatt. He's filth. He he doesn't even do anything Jewish. He doesn't keep Shabbat. All he does is go after all Jewish women. Mm. I'm always their fucking target. How does he become the head of the... How does one become the head of the... The ADL? gay mafia. I don't know. Don't you think it's the gay mafia, Candace? <laughs> I don't know. I have to say, on that one, I am not positive. Who do you I think it, it is, Candace? Let's, who I do don't you think know. It? I think the skinheads. I mean, it was Patrice Nazis Colors, are the skinheads. You know, yeah. Why does the left shave their heads when that's what Nazis did? That was my point. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was really going with that. But no, I don't know how he got into position of power. I think they just kind of picked someone who's willing to do it. Yeah. It was Patrice Cullors for BLM. It's Jonathan Greenblatt for the ADL. And it takes a f- them a- insulting enough people with false claims <laughs> for everyone to come together and say, F you. And yeah. so, I know why you know, it is. F you. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know why it is. Because they know a lot of donors. Well, yeah. yeah, of course. But so, I mean, BLM, it was it was an industry. You know, they were millions and millions of dollars being poured in the coffers to keep up this idea that everything was racist, right? And, th- and that's what he's doing, keeping it up that everything is anti-Semitism because it's, it's they're wielding power, you know, this way. Yeah. Um, and if you can't... Did you ever look into who are the Democrat Party's donors? 
mm, long time ago. You should updo that. Yeah. Because I've been looking into it. It's very interesting. I've been, you know, it's funny. I've become so fatigued mm-hmm. with the poison of politics and realizing Well, I'm glad you're on the to corruption. this whole new thing. Yeah, you know, I just... It, It'll come back to the yeah. poison of politics. It's, it's always going to be there because politics <laughs> yeah. is poison. And so I've, I've been leaning more into just dispelling cultural narratives. And when I lean into politics, it's this kind of a thing. Like ADL needs to go down 100%. 100%. Um, you know, BLM needed to go down 100%. Yep. You know, kind of bigger, larger cultural implications of what's tearing people apart. And yeah. and that and that really is why I was like very excited to jump into this docuseries and, and thinking about other series that I can bring um, that are a little bit outside. I mean, there's always going to be a political undertone, and that's why in that first episode of convicting, um, convicting a murderer, I, I say like this is this is almost like white lives matter. You yeah, know no, I mean? it really no is. There's no logic going on, and you got people outside, and they're committed to something based on emotion, and and we're all humans. We're all emotional, and we all can be persuaded by emotion. And that's then, so true. Yeah, but they the question is, can you trump the emotions when you're presented with the facts? Right. And I love that. Can you're you doing- have self control? or not yeah. and be able to think mm-hmm. what do you think's the most incendiary revolutionary thing we could get behind right now oh what Me a and big you. question gosh the mo- that we for the benefit of, of our our country and our local government yeah locally school boards running school for school boards, boards. yeah, yeah. I, think so too. I think that's kind of been probably my biggest focus now if i think people that follow me on instagram oh i can see you doing it yeah, yeah i'm i'm very very engaged and you know i think people that follow me in general they're they're following my real life you know so it's like candace jumping into politics single no children now i'm married i have kids and it's completely changed mm-hmm. my focus um i did want to ask you about that yeah how how having kids changes everything i wanted i was talking to you before about do you think it makes you more compassionate and empathetic to have a child it it's so funny because everyone told me that was going to be the case and it made me more compassionate i already had that thing for kids because i nannied Mm -hmm. it hardened me in Mm -hmm. terms of how i saw the world and i became a mama bear Mm -hmm. and that i didn't expect um and really yeah i did not expect the constant fire that is burning, like at waiting for it, for a war to come to my front desk, you know, to come to, to come to my front door, you know, like now suddenly you're not just talking about these issues. There are real world implications for me when we're talking about kids picking their genders in school. So I'm like, bring it to my district. You know what I mean? Like bring that please, because like this is the concept of a mama bear, a bear that will fight to the death for her cubs. Right. And so I... I don't think it has softened me in my career. It has focused me, laser hyper-focused yeah. on things that I really care about mm-hmm. and things that I just don't really care about at mm-hmm. all. And the future generation of children is something that is that is the number one thing that gets me up in the morning. How do you protect the kids? How do we even this even gets into the gardening, the hunting, the yeah, whole c- concept of it's wh- a whole like yeah s- paradigm switch, total switch, like a lockdown. Yeah. It goes like this. Yeah, it, it's 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 it centers you. Yeah, and what's amazing about that centering also is I've never been more confident. Right, cool. It never been more confident. No, there's than nothing having to worry no, yeah. about. I'm like, I, I know what's going on in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So, you can't shake me with like a headline. I could care less mm-hmm. what you think about. I could care. Right? I actually say, if people knew how little of a shit I gave about what they wrote about me, would they still write it? Like, if you were about to write the article and they were mm-hmm. like, literally, Candace doesn't give 
a single <laughs> shit about what you're going to write. Would you put so much passion into your article? I'd like to know the answer to that, you know? They wouldn't. They <laughs> wouldn't. I just don't care. I mean, people, I, I'm like, I literally just don't care. I don't have myself on Google Alerts. I don't read it. It's just, you know, it doesn't either. matter. I've got kids now, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, that I was not prepared for how centering and... Well, I'll just tell you, wait, you know, I agree, and that's what happened to me, too. And that's part of why I felt propelled to go show a mother on TV, a real mom, you know, who mm -hmm. was like, you know, this is my family, and I'll do it my way. And that's what I did for all those years. But, boy, once you hook into the next level, which is grandma, Oof. watching those kids you raised. Grandma bear? When mm. you're watching those kids you raised and how they do on the ones they have, the youngsters that they're raising, mm. it's like double, like, woo. It's like, now I must command. Yeah. Well, I don't want to wish the years away, but I will say that I look forward to being grandma because then you trip into the ages mm -hmm. where, like, you can just really say whatever you want. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing's fun. Like, literally, if when you... <laughs> <laughs> you're like a grandma well, she's always been grandpa <laughs> my, yeah exactly yeah. but like my you get to the age where like you're like yeah i've been here long enough i'm not playing politics with anybody yeah. everybody yeah. loves oh, yeah. a grandma grandpa saying whatever the <laughs> heck they want to say and i feel like that's going to be that is going to be my my golden phase yeah. it is golden and and it's uh so different than the rest of my life where everybody's like, oh, shut up. Now they're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. How cute. Everyone and you thinks can it's fart cute. all the time, <laughs> what you have to do anyway. But people are, they kind of go, oh, poor thing. That's yeah. what you said. I can't wait to get old. So if I fart in public, people will just smile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's cute when everybody thinks it's cute. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you well, kind of go back. have to. You're like, it's kind of like when my toddler's angry. It's adorable. It you is. know? It is adorable. And, he, and I'm like, actually, you're getting away with so much and we're laughing and we shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. And what like, about potty training? Doesn't that just do your soul to the bare fucking minimum? I've got it, very lucky. My son potty trained in three days. Wow. Are you kidding? He's very militant, though. He doesn't like a mess. He doesn't like sticky oh. hands. He's got that, He's got this little OCD thing going on for my husband. So he's like, a, he's not a normal toddler. He doesn't oh. like, he's like, ew, you know, like I, I have to go potty. He was very into it, like very into learning. How old? Two. He's now two and a half. It, and so how long has he been potty trained? Since he was two. Oh, That's he just great. decided he wanted to be clean. Well, I just looked at, I just, re I recognize, I'm like, you really like being clean. And so I feel like once I just kind of switched him into like little boy underwear. Mm -hmm. And I was like, as soon as he feels that he's wetting himself, he's not going to mm -hmm. want to do that ever again. And Is that, your husband a Jew? No, he's not. He's an Englishman. Oh, well, not a, not Jewish. Christian Englishman. Because you said OCD, so I thought I was Jewish. Yeah, but English. Jews don't have the good OCD. The, no, they, they have, have the like the chewing the their English fingers. English have and like out. you know all the rules. Yeah, they're clean. And, you know, their their forks from their knives yeah. and spoons. And <laughs> his daughter, you know, of course, all Jews are OCD, but she's defiant OCD. That's yeah. the like Jewish they, neuroticism. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a thing. All of my all of my Jewish friends, it's, it's totally a thing. It's the culture. It's the culture. It is, yeah. and it's a problem. Yeah. That's really why people hate Jews. It's not just Greenblatt. It's oh, that I thought. Neuroses. It, I thought. Well, I could think of. A I actually love reasons. the Jewish neuroses. I don't. Like I, I have my because I grew up in like Stanford's like a very Jewish town. It's kind of randomly mm -hmm. a Jewish town. So I've always had tons of Jewish friends and spent most of my childhood at JCC birthday parties, and I <laughs> I, I kind <laughs> of love it. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, there's a weird that, thing. Blacks, I knew it was blacks and Jewish people. No, they used kind to be of, tight. It's yeah. Like I was always we need to get that back. Till, uh, fucking Valerie Jarrett and those Yeah, yeah. The there's a, there's a weird it. kind of they cultural They kicked us out of the women of color club. On, it happened to me. Really? In, yeah. in the early 70s, they said Jews are no longer women of color. I 
after I've been a woman of color all those years, yeah. and in all those clubs that I raised the money for the bitches, I said, you're not kicking me out of shit. <laughs> and I never left. I love but, um, you know, because they start taking that Arab money. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, wow. I was academic. My friends are academics yeah, yeah. back in the day when I wrote all that shit the left is saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wrote for newspapers and shit when I was... A hippie feminist. So it's your fault. Winger. You and <laughs> Lizzo, fat people, and you've ruined America. Yeah, she, exactly. She you're, was the gateway drug. You owe us all, all the stuff we're fighting now. <laughs> well, that's what you're, I'm that's trying what you're basically to pay telling off us. my yeah. karma. You're trying. I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. Well, but you did help. Make some amends. But I you did send a love message. I didn't try to divide people. I wasn't like that. I was just saying the people against the government, and I'm still saying it. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're not afraid of us. They're wiping their ass right on our face. Yeah, we are at that phase. They're like, hey, I'm taking a bet on how many in this community I can kill and get a payoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- and again, inspi- inspiring that hatred between the groups is what sucks. Because I talked about this with Bill Maher, but it's just like we all used to be able to make fun of each other, yeah. talk about yeah. our cultural differences. Yeah. Of course, there are stereotypes about Jews that are 100% true. And hilarious. Stereoty- and, and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Stereotypes about black people that are true and yep. hilarious yep. Chinese people that are true and hilarious and we, we all used, used to, to be able, able to, to laugh laugh yeah. away yeah. and well, that's then when they love is right after, after the you laughter, did the big laugh like, you yeah, blow you up suck, all the guys suck we all suck yeah, yeah we and all suck. we used to be able to laugh maybe and that's why they they're taking that away did that's that. why they hate Trump because he's funny he they hate funny. humor because it diffuses well, anger. it brings people together yeah. yeah it diffuses anger it brings people together being able to laugh at yourself yeah you know, First. and that's why I say it's like even when saying you look like cartoons. I mean, the amount of times that my sisters or my cousins tell me that I look like something, and then I'll look at a picture and I'll be like, I do see it. I get called like Elmer my Fudd sisters all always said I looked like an ant, and then they found this ant character. I'm looking at you. You got wait until you see ants. Look up Princess Bala on ants. I'm gonna do it right and now. And I see it. You know. And it's like, God forbid, someone says, oh, you can't say black people look like bugs. And then it just, it's like, my I sisters, look it up now. My sisters have, when you come from a family with tons of siblings and cousins, they're constantly telling you, I have a cousin that told me I look like an almond. And now every time I eat an almond, I kind of see it. I kind of see it. So if you're oh, yeah. I'm like, Is that come on, Colin? I can see it. So, there's, <laughs> no. No, I see it. I'm telling you. I'll find something. What, what like, this is the stuff that your siblings used to say to you. We you all... look like this, blah, 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 blah. And now you, we put it in, into the public space talking to other people. And they're like, you, you can't correlate this person. I may mean, just read another article of a girl that kicked off of a show. Um, I think it was Love and Hip Hop, actually. You know, two, two minority women fighting. And she called her like monkey ass or something. And <sighs> kicked off. VH1 has made a big statement. It's like, just let the girls call each other names. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like let, we yeah. do in real life. In real life. And get over it. Everyone's just so soft now. It's hysterical obese women from Nebraska that are causing all the problems. It's I white think. women. It is white women. It and is fat hysterical white women obese white women I'm from so Nebraska. into this obesity thing you're telling me. I'm, I'm honestly like going to do... I I have Dude, that's your own, next thing. It's my, I think it's my next book. Listen, yeah. I right. have my own ways of seeing things. Yeah. It ain't like everybody else's. Yeah, it's interesting. And I go by head shapes, not skin color. Right. Because, it, I mean, there there is a look to the rabid feminist screaming in the street. They're all fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? They're, they're obese. chronically unhappy. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they're fat. And so they want everyone else to be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's it's true. Because, yeah, and you can't, you can't be. You know why you're fat. You really can't be happy at every size. I just think that, no. like, you know, of it's just exhaust. You know, like, when I get, I'm this pregnant, sometimes just, like, when I get to <laughs> nine months, 
and I'm just like the energy just to like lift up out of bed makes me angry. But you notice that when they said happy at all size, <laughs> they never talked about anorexic when are women. You Did you ever notice November. that? November. Oh no, you're gonna have a Scorpio. Am I? I don't. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, unless it's yeah. late November, mid November. Oh, Scorpio. You might, no, you might have a. a I feel the baby's gonna come on Thanksgiving. Oh, Sagittarius. What are you? A Taurus. Can't you tell? Perfect for you to come have on. a Scorpio or a Sag. Yeah. Taurus. Yeah, I can tell you're a Taurus. Yeah, you're solid. Stubborn. Stubborn. It's not about stubborn. It's no. about yeah. solid. She's stubborn. Yeah, and but you, I also am stubborn. You know what you're doing. <laughs> no, good. you know you're sovereign, not stubborn. Um, Candace, can you plug the documentary? I don't Please. know the release yes. dates. Yeah. We'd love to get that. Convicting a Murderer. Uh, it is available. The first episode premiered on X, formerly known as Twitter, completely free to watch. Cool. Second episode, completely free to watch on Daily Wire Plus. And I know that after you watch the first two episodes, you're going to be hooked and you're going to want to binge watch it the same way that you binged yeah. on, on Making a Murderer. It's super interesting. It's the first time that Daily Wire is doing a docu-series. Um, and there's more to come. I mean, there's so much stuff that we're working on, but... I'm very excited for people to see this because it's apolitical also, guys. But also, you are totally deconstructing the media, which I congratulate you for. And that is so needed in this day where we are all under heavy-duty mind control by the media. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. So chill. Yeah, and I think it's – well, i got to read your dates and then we can wrap up. But it is – interesting that you chose this case i want to talk about it again because you know there is a lot of political tension in this country obviously right mm. for you to choose a side that technically is one of ours yeah to break down the media like i said i got upset at, at first but now i love it because that's what makes our side better we just want the truth we don't right. care if it's a totem or if someone we're willing to be wrong and accept wrong so i i just love that we're, you're doing that we're, thank we're, you so much for we're saying that. willing to Live, love, laugh, and be together and not have artificial boundaries between our souls. Yay, that's why we'll win. Yeah, God wins. <laughs> All right, Ma, just a couple dates and then... Uh, oh, I'm do going you want... on a tour. Yeah, I'm you're going to Florida. the 81 Million Jokes Tour Ooh. <laughs> in We're... honor of our president. I president. love that. And, and where am I going? Jake will tell All you. All right, so October Somewhere 7th, in you'll be in Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, boy. At the Barbara B. Mann Performing Arts Hall. October 13th, you'll be in Melbourne, Florida, at the King Center. Mm. And then you have two shows. You got an extra show because you sold out. Mm. October 20th and October 21st in Clearwater, Florida, at the Billheimer Capital Theater. Tickets are available on roseanbar.com. And we're kind of excited. straight to Mar-a-Lago, they tell me. We are going to get you into Mar-a-Lago. We're going to make it happen. If I have to fucking crawl my way in <laughs> through a goddamn window, I'm going. Uh, like I and said. she I, will do that. She will. She will do that. They know that. <laughs> All right, well. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. That was awesome. Hey, everybody. It's Jake Pentland. It's your favorite part of the Roseanne Bar podcast where I tell you to get into precious metals. You want to diversify your income. You want to protect your wealth. Gold and silver is the smartest way to do it. We talk about it every week. Uh, Of course, we recommend you go to bh-pm.com. That's Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Sign up a consultation there. Let them know Roseanne sent you. Uh, It's been a huge success for us and for a lot of people. And it's not just buying gold and silver. It's a good way to diversify your money. It's also a good way to protect your wealth, what you already have. And you can even use it for retirement. You can roll over your IRA example, for example, into precious metals. So please look into that. Again, that's bh-pm.com. Sign up for the consultation and let them know Roseanne sent you. Oh, you see.